Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. And uh, we go across the pond uh, to the old course. And uh, St. Andrews, one of my favorite places in the world, Damon Hack has uh, arrived. And, and Damon, is um, he's hit the ground running. Lots of coverage for the Golf Channel. And Damon, it's great for you to join us. I was... Uh, I was doing the math earlier today, and and in typical Mosley fashion, whatever time I was trying to ask for you was like <laughs> two in the morning. So uh, three in the morning, your time, which you know you should you should just stay up for me. But no, I uh, I I'm I'm very appreciative. And I, is it still? You've done this several times, uh, almost uh, many times now, uh, going over to the open. Um, is it? Does it? Is it just still extremely special? And then St. Andrews, um, what sort of – how many times is this for you at St. Andrews, by the way? Yeah, I, I first came here in 2000. I was covering the NBA, and Tiger won the U.S. Open by 15. And I was like, you know what, i got to go to St. Andrews because he's going to win and complete the career grand slam. I got in touch with some golf riders. They told me to buy a, a, the daily ticket to stay in the dorms at the University of St. Andrews. And it was that trip 22 years ago that made me change my mind from wanting to be an NBA writer to wanting to be a golf writer. So that's kind of a, a little anecdote to let you know what this place means to me, to be here at the Open 22 years after the first time I was here. Um, it feels like the first time, if I can quote the, the great uh, foreigner song it's just uh, I, I walk on these grounds and everybody's got a smile it's just the home of golf today i interviewed jack uh, i talked to lee trevino i've i talked to nick faldo i talked to tiger i've talked to rory this week john rom uh it, it's just it's one of those places where it's a small town and everybody's in the same place and it's just you know it's a reverent, special, special week. Uh, even all these years later, it still means so much to me. You know, I was in undergrad at Baylor. Actually, I, I guess I just graduated, and I convinced my parents that I could get, like, another major if I went over to Baylor and the British Isles. And I was there to see John Daly do it in 95. Mm. And then my dad and I took that trip. So I was there when you were there in 2000. And I think we even stayed in Carnoustie and maybe took the train up that morning or whatever. Um, what a tremendous – I've loved some of the shots this week and the fact that somebody was shooting a picture of it. And as we tape this right now, it's probably about, what, about 9 o'clock over there, 8 or 9 o'clock? Is that right? It's exactly right. Eight o'clock, yeah, just about 8 o'clock here. Okay. It's, if the sun is still out. It's a gorgeous <laughs> evening. It looks like we're in Santa Barbara, California. <laughs> I was seeing that. It was a sa- sundown last night. Somebody had a picture, and it was like 10 o'clock. And, and you, it was still light out there. Um, what an amazing, amazing venue and a place. And, and, uh, I'm glad you fell in love with it, and as golf viewers and fans, we're all fortunate that you you did. Uh, this whole everything lately in golf has been overshadowed with the talk of live and, and all that's going on. I had to kind of laugh this morning. I was looking at some of the pairings, and that was exciting to find out who Tiger was playing with. And then I kind of kick out of the fact that – Phil Mickelson is is playing with two people that one's from Australia, and again, only someone with your depth of golf knowledge 
would even know either of these guys. One of them, I think, is only in because maybe he finished second place at Barbasol or one of these recent golf tournaments. Isn't did you find that as yes. humorous as I did that they paired yes. Phil with virtual unknowns? Yeah, he, he's uh, playing with Lucas Herbert from Australia, uh, not well known to the American golf fan, and Kurt Kitayama, who uh, was in the mix for a long time at the Genesis Scottish Open. But That's it. Not one of those marquee names, and he's playing early 7.30 a.m. Uh, I don't think it's an accident that this live story has continued to shadow this game uh, during major championship weeks, especially when the media contingent is so large. Um, the RNA disinvited Greg Norman, a two-time Open champ, World Golf Hall of Fame member um, from the Celebration of Champions, which happened yesterday. You had Mark Calcavecchia and Ian Baker, Finch, Tiger out there, Trevino. Uh, Jack came to watch with his wife, Barbara, John Daly, you know, Henrik Stenson, Tom Watson, and noticeably absent because he was disinvited was Greg Norman, who originally wanted to play in, in this tournament at the age of 67 and was denied that as well. So I don't think it's an accident that some of the the headliners of the Live Golf series uh, don't have the, the most uh, uh, high-profile tee times this week at the Open. <laughs> Talking to David Hack from the Golf Channel, and uh, the man, he, he shows up at these big events. Speaking of Trevino, you know, he's a Dallas guy. And I've had the pleasure yeah. of getting to know Lee over the years. In fact, I've in the past, I track him down at, uh, what's the place in West Virginia? That's the beautiful resort. Oh, the Greenbrier. Yeah. So he's been like the, the pro in residence or the legend in residence. And so I've, I've actually booked him before by just having someone – at the Greenbrier, run out to where he's like holding court on the driving range and go, hey, mostly needs you to be on the show. And Lee always does it. I mean, he's just the greatest. <laughs> but I I had to laugh watching that kind of ceremonial, I don't know how many holes he played, but he's still, I mean, the, he, the, the swing is the same. Like, it was just crazy. It was funny because Jack's kind of gotten to the point where you know, he, he doesn't really want to tee up. You know, he's like, yeah, I'm pretty much done with all this. And Lee stood on that tee box, and they didn't show where the ball went, but the swing's still there. Like, it, it's just, it's amazing. You know, he's a guy that has aged very, very gracefully. And uh, it, it, what, a, what a neat deal that had to be to see him back at that place and back at a at a, you know, obviously that was a huge part of his career was playing in those opens, the British Open, uh, and and I think that's where he made his reputation in a lot of ways. No doubt, back to back winner in 1971 and 72, stopping Jack Nicklaus's run for the season Grand Slam at Muirfield in 72. And I was on that tee box yesterday, Matt. And he was flapping his gums as he took the club back. You know, as you know, he likes to talk. and he, he, he doesn't need an announcer. He does his own play-by-play. And I can tell you that shot went right down the middle. He was talking shop with Rory and Tiger. And you know, he is, at the end of the day, a, a lover of this game, a golf nerd. And he loves to geek out with Tiger and talk about changes in equipment and changes in length of golf courses. So, Tiger's a big golf nerd himself, so you could imagine just how much they were vibing and laughing and, and you know jostling and having some fun. But you're right, this this type of week for 
for Lee Trevino uh, is a chance for him to kind of luxuriate uh, in, in the great history that he made uh, in this wonderful event. Yeah, it is. Um, it's awesome. And you think back, uh, Tom Watson, what he was able to accomplish there. I mean, it's just, it, it is amazing. Now, back to your point about the shark. I mean, Norman... You know, even though he was one of golf's, because of what happened at the 96 Masters, he became one of golf's sympathetic characters. But, you know, that never lasts with Greg. He, he can't, that, that's just not him. Um, and it, he's now, in some circles, back to being reviled uh, in, in, in a lot of ways. Um, do you think the RNA, like, do you think maybe they, they've almost, by making that decision, martyred him to a certain extent a little bit or almost played into their hands? Or do you think it was a, a very defensible and did you think it was a pretty reasonable position for the RNIA to take to disinvite him to a championships dinner? Yeah, I tell you what, this is the 150th Open at St. Andrews. Uh, the game has dealt with issues over the last couple of years, COVID, lack of fans, um, having to adjust on the fly, cancel tournaments. The RNA wanted nothing to overshadow the history of this championship. And, and I think they wanted to be proactive and send the message that there is no one bigger than the game. And they did not want this live series to become a talking point on the eve of what could potentially be Tiger Woods' last open appearance at St. Andrews, uh, Colin Morikawa going for back-to-back, uh, Tom Watson being here uh, as a newlywed. I bumped into to Tom and his newlywed uh, wife, uh, uh, Leslie Ann, uh, on the back of, of the first tee. I mean, there's so much color and texture and soulfulness this week, Sir Nick Faldo bumping into him on the driving wedge. I just don't think they wanted the distraction of of Greg Norman peacocking around the old course at the age of 67, pumping up this live series, which is fracturing the game of golf at the highest level. I think it came down to that. I understand the decision. Some may say it was petty beneath the RNA. The RNA wanted to protect this championship with the 150 logo splashed all over this golf course. You know, talking to Damon Hack from the Golf Channel. Damon, by the way, don't uh, – you, you still need to write occasionally, okay? Just listening to you there, I was like, wait, this is the writer and Damon coming out. You could see him on TV there on the Golf Channel. I, I was at a, uh, a place the other day, and a guy I, – I mentioned that, that uh, might try to have you on this week – and the guy was talking about that morning show saying, golly, I love that guy. Like, I, and he was missing that show quite a bit, but he was talking about how much he loved you. So, you, uh, you're, you're doing great work over there. Now, let me ask you this, though. You're one of the rare people that have gotten to actually interview Tiger, spend a little time with him. Isn't this amazing to see him now almost, and, and he, would, he does not want to be like the ambassador but, I mean, even his comments on live today were enormous. And I, I bet Rory and some of the others were kind of glad to finally have someone else like Tiger weigh in. I mean, isn't it amazing how he went from this guy that just was the Terminator 
to this sort of beloved, this injury, the comeback, everything about it has humanized him more than ever. And and it, 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 for someone that's kind of seen him in both times, early in his career and now late in his PGA career at least, it, are, are you almost amazed at how different he seems now? Oh, on, on so many levels. Uh, he's gone from being the assassin to being kind of the avuncular figure in this game who puts his arm around Rory and his arm around Justin Thomas and has embraced this role uh, in his late 40s of being, in many ways, one of the important voices in the game and not afraid to take on this issue and say, you know what? Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer dug it out of the dirt. You know, you're going to play a 54-hole event with guaranteed money, a shotgun start with music blaring in the background. That, that's not what this game is about at the highest level. And I was in that press conference, Matt, and it was, you could hear a pin drop. I mean, Tiger was embracing his role as a voice of authority in this game, and it speaks to how humanized he's become and, and, and the surgeries and, and the near-death experiences and, and the, the divorce and the balding, you know, hairline. Everything has humanized him. I think he, he's seen his mortality and he's become a more, you know, realized, thorough, thoughtful human being. And it's and it's. I never thought I'd see it. I never thought he would take on an issue like that or let fellow players, you know, walk practice rounds with him, picking his brain as he has done with Justin Thomas, who he calls his little brother. So uh, good on Tiger and great for the PGA Tour to have him uh, in its corner. Will you someday describe to Sam or, or any of our common buddies just say Mosley's really become an avuncular? Uh, person, <laughs> I will gladly do it. I don't know what Sam Farmer's response would be to that statement, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I, you're one to put your arm around uh, the young pups in this business as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to mentor people <laughs> as we speak. Uh, it is Damon Hack from the Golf Channel joining us, the Matt Mosley Show at ESPN Central Texas. Now, when I think back, and in, in you were there too, 2000. Isn't that amazing? You, you think about some of the names, some of the performances. Who was one of the greatest players in the world in addition to Tiger? It was David Duvall. I mean, he, and he's become your colleague and I assume your friend uh, over the years. I think that's why when Tiger says what he does about Liv and some of those young players and all, I, I think the point he's making uh, is uh, part of, the, of it is that there, we don't know how long the window is going to be. I mean, you know, uh, Ian Baker Finch wins one of those, and probably within just a few years, the game has left him. David Duvall, probably five years within being first or second in the world, the game had left him. He he couldn't play anymore. And so I, I, uh, I, for some reason, when you were talking back in 2000, Damon, that was the name that came to mind. Thinking about how. He was unbelievable, and I think people forget that, that that for a period of time, David Duvall was one of the best in the world. It's a great point you make. I was thinking about it today because I saw David on the range. Um, You can make the argument that of all the players that Tiger kind of butted heads with, and I'm talking about Phil and Ernie and VJ and Goosen and and Furyk, it it was – 
it was David Duvall that I think kind of came closest to being the guy that could stand up to Tiger at the height of his power. And it was a great three, four year run for David. And it was, it was more fleeting than he wanted it to be. But uh, on that week, 22 years ago, you know, David threw everything he could at, at Tiger and, and Tiger just went to another level. But for a time, David Duvall was, if not Tiger's equal, he was, he was one B to Tiger's one A. And, and you're right. It's, this game does not promise you decades of great play. Sometimes it's one year, one season, uh, two or three years. You know, Ian Baker Finch, four years after that win at the Open, was on the tee box in 95 and, and, and missed the fairway left here at the old course. Uh, he was so so struggling with his, with his driver game. And similarly, David Duvall had trouble um, off of the tee, you know, brought on by back injuries and vertigo and, and, and weight loss. And it, it just, you never know. This game is so, so fickle and finicky. It's a dimpled ball and a crooked stick and, and humps and bumps on the ground. You never know when about bounce, a bad back, um, a bad swing thought can take you from the top of the game to, to a middling journeyman career. Well, I mean, I I tell you, this is a it's been fun to catch up with you. I feel like you're working on your essays during this interview. Like, this is really <laughs> this is right. really good stuff. To do on tomorrow's show. <laughs> <laughs> do you want us to send this to you? You could use some of this. My send me, gosh, send me a copy. People go crazy about Rinaldi, but the the hack essay is among the best in in all of sports and. Uh, Love it when you put that hat. Now, what did you take with you over there? Did you are you mostly golf shirts, or do you have like some sport coats? What's your, what kind of wardrobe did you arrive? Because it can get chilly even in the uh, even in the middle of summer over there. What did you go with? Did you put a sweater in? Yeah, I got a couple sweaters. I haven't needed them. It's a bit so balmy uh, for for Golf Channel and live from. I got to wear a suit so. Uh, thankfully, someone puts my outfits together. Uh, someone a lot smarter than I can. I'm basically uh, all thumbs when it comes to fashion, but I've got I've got some I've got uh, some help for that. But yeah, I'm wearing a suit and tie every day. Um, I don't have my clubs with me, unfortunately, this time because it's a it's a business trip, and there's no chance for me to play golf like some of the the sports writers, uh, as you mentioned, Sam Farmer and, and Mark Canizero of the New York Post, would shock me if they play. Uh, as much golf as the pros uh, this week around town. But uh, I tell you what, there's no place <laughs> I'd rather be than, than that at St. Andrews for this uh, 150th Open here at the old course. All right. Well, years after John Daly won that 95, isn't it amazing that he won a couple of majors? I mean, as just wild <laughs> as his career was. And, I mean, people would kill to have two majors. And we look at his career as kind of a big letdown. and yet. He found a way to win a couple of those. And by the way, his life was already kind of getting messy when he won that one in 95. Um, and that was prior to, David, I don't think he was wearing those like chef's pants or whatever he has on now. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that is a wild look that he has. Um, and I, I don't know, I mean, and in watching his son over there with him, uh, but I, I that trip in 2000, my dad and I played some of those courses around there, and one of those was called London Links, which is not far, Ooh. right outside of uh, St Andrews. Fun course, 
But I had to, we didn't take our clubs. We just rented wherever we went. It was actually not too bad. And the, the clubs I rented, or the driver I rented at that place, was the Invex. And you'll remember that was the John Daly driver. That's exactly right. <laughs> did you hit it like Daly? Oh, I, I did bang one pretty well off that first tee. But but later in the round, I was on the wrong course. There was a, it, it lined up with another course, and I ended up over there with another. I hit it on another green that was on a whole separate course. And, uh, and there was a fence that was separated the two courses, which did not prevent me from hitting it over there on that course. So anyway, it was uh, those were good times. Listen, it was uh, it's a lot of fun to. Uh, uh, always love catching up with you at these majors, but especially this one. This one's so meaningful, and uh, and I appreciate it. We'll continue to watch all your work, and we'll revel in those beautiful sweaters. I always feel like for you, you can pull off the the baby blue and even some of that lavender more than most hosts. And I, I would not say that about some of the other people Golf Channel puts on. I mean, no, no disrespect to any of those uh, those folks. But anyway, you can. Well, you're, you're very kind. I'm a UCLA Bruin alum, so so blue is my favorite color. So 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 thank you for that. I, I will rock uh, many shades of blue uh, this week here around Scotland, my friend. Yeah, yeah, Big Ten guy now, are you? They... <laughs> yes, right. UCLA, Michigan, here we come. That's right. Meanwhile, Baylor, my alma mater, we're just hoping we have a conference. We're all just all scrambling around, and UCLA and USC just march right over to the Big Ten. So, anyway, we just hope you give us a thought at some point. All right, Damon, really appreciate it. Fun visiting with you, and uh, have a great uh, have a great week. Thank you, Matt. Great chatting with you, buddy. There he goes, Damon Hack, and. Uh, and he, what a what a tremendous guy he is. And uh, we have, uh, coming up next, we do have the dismount on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas.